Welcome to Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about the current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture and more from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program we revisit the Stockholm launch of Scandinavian Mind issue 3. We are going to listen to our live interview with Alain Visser, CEO of Lincoln Co, which was our launch partner. Also a live interview with our cover star Nora Bave. I'm Conrad Olsen, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my colleague Erik Sedin. How are you, Erik? Hello, I'm good. We're missing Roland, but I know he's uh, probably on a plane over the Atlantic right now. Exactly. He's, he's on his way to Coachella, so I think next week we'll have a action-packed report from, from Coachella, and he's also there launching a project <laughs> with his day job, Absolute Company, which is launching a new metaverse uh, concept uh, at Coachella. All right, so earlier this week, we launched our uh, third print issue of Scandinavian Mind in central Stockholm, uh, together with our uh, launch partners, uh, car brand Lincoln Co., which we have uh, you know, talked about and have had uh, as guests on the podcast before. Super happy about uh, doing this project together with them. And uh, in their Stockholm club, uh, which was a limited space, so also a limited amount of people we were able to invite, but... Man, it was uh, nice to have people crammed together in a small space again. What do you think? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I think everyone's been missing it, especially us. We kind of got uh, our issue two uh, launch. It was nice, but it was kind of hijacked by the <laughs> by the pandemic in a way. So this was kind of like uh, we had a unless because it was like you said quite small, but we could it got really cozy and tight and. Great. It's, it's it's so wonderful, and it, it's one of those things. You know, I've been really missing the, you know, clashing people together from different worlds. That's what we're about here at Scandinavian Mind. Mm-hmm. And we had people yeah. that you know been interviewed on the show before. I mean, David Orlek, founder of the the new interesting startup. Anyone was there. We had the uh, the the uh, uh, Mike Afrous, one of the co-founders of uh, uh, the upcoming NFT platform Roy Edition, which we interview in the magazine. He was there. Also, a bunch mm-hmm. of our our trusted colla- collaborators, Anton Rienboy, fashion photographer, Katarina Håkansson, which did the uh, the um, uh, MetaHuman story that uh, we published online earlier this week, uh, and uh, also, of course, our editor at large, Ilenia Martini, who who wrote the uh, very uh, much liked interview with Jesper Kautov, founder of Teenage Engineering. A lot yeah. of people liked that interview. I get a lot of positive feedback on that yeah. one. Except for my uh, digital fashion lids, this that was my favorite, the Esper Kautov one. That was good. <laughs> exactly. Close second. Uh, close second to to your own list. Um, no, yeah. I mean really, it, it was it was a great time, and uh, we also had a chance to do a little bit of a live uh, talk there, uh, which turned out to be a little bit longer than I anticipated. I think. Uh, we had around a good 20 minutes of, of live interviews, but I figured if people was going to come and drink our, our free drinks, free wine and beer, uh, <laughs> they might as well uh, you know, listen to what we had to say. So I was really pleased to have uh, the CEO of Lincoln Co. present, and we're now going to listen to a brief conversation with Alain talking about the concept of Lincoln Co. Uh, here now from the launch of, of Scandinavian Mind Issue 3, Alain Visser, CEO of Lincoln Co. Uh, 
thank you so much for for having us here. And I just wanted to take the chance. You are, of course, the CEO of of Lincoln Co. And at Scandinavian Mind, we've been covering you guys for I think over a year because yes. we're always curious about where uh, the future of mobility is going. And I know you are passionate about that as well. And and here we are doing this this thing together. Just so you know, for anyone who doesn't know this concept. Um, this new mobility concept. Just set this up for us, and you know we don't have five hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, thanks. Great also for, to have you all here. Uh, yeah, Lincoln Co. is a bit, uh, I always tell my colleagues, it's a bit revolution against my past. I've been in the car industry for 35 years, um, and if you think about it, the car industry hasn't really moved on at all in, in almost a century. Cars get better, but Basically, the industry consists of selling cars and they get better, but you could say an average smartphone got a lot better in the last five years, more than a car in the last 50 years. So I started uh, this organization really saying the world is moving at a pace that we've never seen before. People care more about doing things than about owning things. Uh, there must be an opening to do something radically different. I don't think the future of mobility is about more people buying more cars. I think it's about moving around more efficiently and most of all, more sustainably. Uh, I find it quite fascinating that suddenly all car manufacturers say they are sustainable, which is because, of course, they do electric cars and they do electric cars because Elon Musk shouts all of us how to do electric cars. But if you sell, if your business consists of selling a product that is used for 5% of the time, believe it or not, the average car on this planet is used for 90 for 5% of the time, the rest is parked, you cannot call yourself sustainable. No. So we basically said, let's do something else. Let's not try to maximize the number of cars on the road. Let's bring sustainable cars on the road, but utilize them more. So our concept consists of, yes, there is a car, but we don't talk about it, uh, talk about it so much, even tonight. And uh, this is more a club than a car dealerships. So we basically sell mobility. It's a bit like we call ourselves the Netflix of the car industry, uh, where you buy using of a car for a month, everything included. But the more you share your car, the more your cost goes down. And we said also, let's not have dealerships because, sorry to be maybe a bit offensive, but in my 35 years in the car industry, I still have not met the family that wakes up on a Saturday morning and tells their children, kids, I got good news, we're going to our car dealership today. It's never going to happen. So we said, instead of building these big car dealerships outside of the city, let's go inside of the city and build cool places where hopefully cool people like you can hang out and listen to good music and have good drinks. So that's a bit the concept we started a year ago. We've been pretty shocked by the fact that it's working so well. Our biggest problem today is getting enough cars to, to our customers so they can start sharing them, but we're, we're quite happy with them. So it's really great to have you here. Sorry, yeah, you asked me also to say something. Future of mobility. Future of mobility for me is not about people driving cars. I think that mobility will be a service rather than a product. Buying cars is going to be out in 20, 30 years. People will buy mobility. It's an app and you will just, whenever you need transportation, you will order your vehicle, which will be an autonomous driving car, an Uber without a driver, which means you don't have to park. 
you ca you don't have to pay for service and you don't you can drink and drive. So it's uh, I think that's uh, that's I think what's going to be the future of mobility. Sounds a good future, Not right? Tonight. So it's, uh, Not tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. So that's it. But thanks, thanks. No, no, no. But I'm going to I'm going to keep you here yeah. for a little bit because yeah. I enjoyed the conversation. And and uh, no, it's true. I don't think in, in my years in public, I don't think I've ever done a magazine launch in a car dealership outside of the city. So uh, uh, that's that's saying something. Uh, I know you've worked very hard cr creating and crafting this concept and doing a lot of research. Can you give us uh, uh, some hint of what that research consisted of? What did you learn about your, 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 the consumer behavior out there or maybe what was there or what you wanted to be yeah. there? Can you say something about yeah. the process? There, there were three, three things. So we, 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 we looked at this industry which hasn't moved for a mm. century. Um, so we said, let's forget it. Let's just say, what does a consumer want? And we, there were three major trends that we found. The first one that I said, we see globally, China, US, Europe, we see people care more about doing things and owning things. I like to call it dematerialization. And if you care less about owning things, you share things. If somebody would have told you 20 years ago, there's going to be a company that allows you to share your house with somebody else, you would have said that's insane. And now Airbnb is a normal thing. So the, 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 the first thing that we learned is people care about doing things more than about owning things. The second thing is, for our industry specifically, people will always want to go from A to B, and that stays, but they more than ever obviously want to be connected for A, from A to B. When my son steps into my new car, he doesn't give a damn about this acceleration from zero to 100. He doesn't give a damn about horsepower. He doesn't even know what it is. The only thing he asks is, do you have Wi-Fi? <laughs> so the, 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 what we care about on a car is different than it was 20 years ago. And the third thing that we see is that finally, and I hope it's not too late, people care about this planet. So you yeah. can have the greatest business model. You can have the finest product. You can have the greatest design. If you don't have a truly credible sustainability story, you don't deserve customers and you don't deserve employees. And I think these three combined led us then to do something radically different. Yeah. And all the things you see here, by the way, in the club, the products that we sell, it's all uh, people that have a sustainability message that produce things in a sustainable way. It may not always be the most fancy products and they don't maybe have the allure of the great fashion designers, but they have a story to tell. Wonderful. One last question, uh, and, and then we'll let you go. Uh, <laughs> a, a space like this, I know you have it in, in several cities around the globe. You have new ones opening up uh, later this year, I've heard from your colleague. What do you want uh, someone who comes in here and, and leaves? What do you want them to leave with? What kind of feeling, <laughs> what kind of knowledge? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. That when we first showed this concept to some of our colleagues, some said, so where are the cars? And this is a small one where the car takes, but in most of our clubs that are triple the size, there's always one car. And I remember one of our employees saying, what if people only come in to buy a coffee and they're not even interested in the cars? That's exactly what we want. So we, we really want people to discover the brand. I always say you can run a business, start a business online, but you can't create a brand online experiences you will always need the physical touch and people i do not believe in a radical digitalization i do not believe in a radical version of the metaverse because people will still need people and i think you need a physical contact and that's what we try to do here we're not selling contracts when this is not 
a distribution point or a selling point. It's an evidence point of what we stand for. Are you completely anti-metaverse? Are you doing anything? Uh, I think, we look, you can't avoid it. You, you need to be part of it. And I, I think it's, I personally think I may be too old. I'm, uh, as you can imagine, 35 years in the industry, I'm almost as old as I look. But, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but, but basically, the metaverse, you, you need to embrace it. But if you only embrace the metaverse, you miss the point. Wonderful. Alan is yeah. CEO of Lincoln Co. Thank you. All right, that was Alan Visser, CEO of Lincoln Co. Also present at the launch of Scandinavian Mind issue three was, of course, our cover star, Noura Bave. Uh, super happy and proud to have her, uh, uh, you know, obviously on the cover, but also present at the event. And I was really moved by, you know, she, she mentioned it to me beforehand, but also in the interview. And she said to me, um, Conrad, I don't know if you understand how much this means to uh, our community that we have put put Noura on the cover uh, in terms of what it means in terms of representation and, and diversity. And that was something that really struck me. I, you know, we, of course, it's something we think about, but if, but I think uh, firsthand we, we like Noura because of the work she does and her charisma and the thoughts she provides. So, uh, you know, to the, the sort of diversity part of it becomes secondary in a way, but it's, it's really nice to hear mm -hmm. that it does play a role. Yeah, and it was nice to see how she... Uh... She had she has had a lot of pull on uh, social media when we you know share the stuff. She seems quite uh, popular and liked and appreciated in that community. And she also brought some very vocal friends and family to the event, which I think we can hear in the interview. Exactly. Uh, no, I really appreciate that. So let's let's have a listen. This is this is our conversation with Noura Bave at the launch of of uh, Scanner Mind issue three. Uh, enjoy. I think people who watch media in Sweden, like just you know, just open any social media, step outside the door, they see you everywhere yeah, right now, do. isn't it? Yeah. Anyways, uh, Nura, we are so proud and happy to uh, have you crown this issue. Uh, it's a wonderful story uh, conducted by our editor at large, uh, Roland. Roland, you're here. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm stealing your your job here right now, but I wanted to have you up. Uh, Noura and just talk about where you are right now with um, obviously we met uh, at the um, uh, uh, podcast episode we did with you when you launched the report last yeah. year so maybe start there uh, why did you do that report and why was that important yeah so we do a report each year taking a temperature of the funding gap because I tr I'm a true believer that what gets measured gets done and then we are living under a false assumption that we are one of the world's most equal well at least gender equal region in the world but being raised here not born you kind of get a lot of different kind of perspectives and you know that if women and particularly white women are struggling how does that affect someone like me uh, a woman of color in this in, in, in this ecosystem so we do we do a report but it's based obviously out of gender so we don't have other identity measurements for now and it's a really really scary report to be honest because 
if we're going to be very honest of the crisis that we are experiencing, we have an equality crisis. It's global. It's not just local. It's global. We have a climate crisis. And those two things are actually combined. They are the same story if we just look deep enough into it. And that's kind of also a part of why we need to be very honest about what kind of solutions do we really need, right? And we cannot be part of an ecosystem that allows a very small percentage of the population to code and build for the rest of the population. So now that's a very long <laughs> answer to a very simple question, but also to give you a, 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 a deep dive into why are we doing this? We need to get this ecosystem involved, right? And then we have to be honest on where we are, and it's, and it's dark. Only 0.7% of all capital goes to female founding teams. Now, if that's... Say that again. Say that number again. 0.7%. This is during... So it's not 7%. Oh, I wish. God. It has <laughs> never been 7% for the last 10 years. And the reason why I say 10 years is because that's where we have the numbers. Uh, we know it's shifted between around 03 and 2%. Now we're talking about record-breaking years, right? It has never been so much capital being flooded into the Nordics. 0.7%. If that doesn't scare you, then I don't know what does. So Unconventional Ventures, you did this report, and I encourage anyone to, to go in and look it up. There are more staggering numbers to learn there. Talk about what you do yourself with uh, your company and what you're trying to do. And, so we're trying to uh, walk the talk. I think that's the most important thing. So what we're doing is we're actually building a, a venture capital firm, right? That focus on diverse founders, building impact tech, meaning building solutions, products, and services that actually caters to the generation that does give a shit about <laughs> equality. To say blunt, I'm very transparent. Roland knows this. Uh, that is very, very conscious of both the climate and the society that we want to that we want to be part of, and I think the pandemic clearly stated that although we were all a part of this, we were privileged in different ways, right? And I think we always talk about yeah, but we need to highlight female founders, we need to highlight representation, right? We need to highlight different kind of representation, and and find those role role models. But what we want to also make very clear is that we haven't highlighted these role models for centuries. So if we do not be very intentional with both capital and also our understanding of where the ecosystem needs to accelerate, then we're not going to get to that future where we both are both sustainable and equal. And I love to talk about sustainability, but I don't understand how we in the Nordics think that we can be sustainable without equality. Sorry to break it down. Mm. So to think it out, <laughs> we invest in, in uh, pre-seed and seed, so really early stages, because we really think that that's where we need to focus the capital on. Uh, impact tech companies, so companies adhering to the SDGs, meaning both sustainability goals, climate goals, social goals. That's what we want to be focused on. And uh, is it easy to find things to invest in? It's the pipeline problem? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. We also had a conversation because everyone talks about the pipeline. And obviously, there's a pipeline problem. What's when the pipeline for someone who's not in the Sorry. Tech. Yeah, so pipeline. So founders and companies and ideas to invest in. Mm. That's the pipeline. 
So we have incredible pipeline. And even though the report that we do is a little bit dark, it also states a lot of positive things, meaning that there's so much potential in the Nordics that is not being uh, invested in and getting that support and the financial muscles. So there is incredible deal flow, meaning founders and ideas to invest in. If you just look broader than the typical norm that today is actually young white men. And what do you advise? Because, I mean, obviously, this is a topic that you feel very strongly about. You're in it there. Yes, and you're I trying am. to make the world better yourself. <laughs> What's your advice to other investors, other funds uh, that wants to sort of find a more diverse portfolio and find other founders with different backgrounds and so forth? Where do you look? Well, I think you can't fake it anymore, right? I think thinking that fake it till you make it mm. got us fake news. That's on a personal note. But uh, you can't fake it. So I think, you know, start internally, right? You have to be promoting uh, belonging and not e even inclu inclusive, um, you know, culture. Because inclusivity, that's a conversation we should have had 10 years ago, right? When you talk about belonging, how do we create a culture where people actually feel where they belong? And when you have the answer to that question, then that will also affect your internal talent pool which will affect your pipeline pool so that would be my first question start internally but then also i mean obviously we've done the work we know there are many more like us so we're not unique in that sense so i think also collaborate right it is an ecosystem we i mean i always talk about we're the smallest with the biggest ambitions unfortunately we're not going to be able to change that much we need to have the bigger players with us and hopefully, and I think what you're hearing when you talk about you're so passionate about this is also I'm a mother, right? I don't have time to wait on this. Nothing happened while I grew up. So I have to speak for them until they're old enough to speak for them. So um, what we're seeing as well is that people are also understanding that the consumer power is a power that people cannot fight with, no matter capital. So I try to also talk to consumers that you're actually making a choice every day by who gets your capital. Make sure that you are informed, not, on, not just on the so, um, sustainability side, but don't accept sustainability without equality. Nora, your uh, cover story has now been out uh, a couple of weeks or, or so. Uh, I know from uh, your own social media, you have a very engaged following. So there were a lot of likes and comments when you announced the, the cover. A beautiful picture by Lou Wallström. Uh, can you talk about the reactions uh, at all? Well, I mean, obviously, there were a lot of reactions. And I think to make people in this room understand we're not represented that much. And when we're represented, we're represented under so many biases that today is also part of our politics. So to be able to be representing not just the mission and the vision of the society that I want to be part of building uh, that is both sustainable and equal, but also get to represent the voices and the generations and the amazing founders that I know I see that I try to support in any way I can, um, it, it was huge. I, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed that, <laughs> but the reaction was, you know, finally, 
having someone and obviously I'm so incredibly honored that was me because as I mentioned I'm very shy really uh, and to be part of that conversation when you have to understand for each like I get a thousand dislikes for each positive comment I get around 100 at least on my social media mm. channels uh, with people who wants to explain it to me how it really works right who wants to tell me why my theory is uh, just a theory um, so I think obviously that was a huge moment for the community that I represent but also getting the validation right that you cannot just talk your way out of this conversation you have to act and the reason why I had the great fortune to be there is because I'm hopefully walking the talk I think so. And, uh, yeah, we're certainly very happy and proud to have you. And it's so, um, you know, it makes me really inspired to, to hear about the reactions. I, I saw some of it from a distance, but it's, it's really interesting to hear it from your perspective. Uh, anyway. And just to tell you, yes. I want to thank you so much. And I really want to thank Scandinavian Mind because you have to understand, this is, I mean, for you, you said to me, well, it was a no-brainer. I see your work, and I think it was amazing. But it's, it, but it isn't that, mm. just so you know. So my, if there's anything you want to take with you, if you have the opportunity to lift a voice or lift a person that represents so much, please do that, because you have no idea how catalytic that is. Ooh. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, um... On the topic of taking with you, please uh, grab a magazine. I think we should have enough for everyone to grab their own copy uh, uh, with them here tonight. If not, uh, uh, contact us later. We'll, we'll sort that out. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming here tonight. I want to thank the whole Lincoln Co. team for, for inviting us into their wonderful space. Uh, of course, my, my team, team members, editors, editor-at-largest, uh, and photographers and, and contributors, I could not do this. Uh, or we could not do this uh, without you. Um, and uh, again, Noura, thank you so much. Thank and you. continue enjoying your evening. All right, that was Noura Bave, the cover star of Scanning in Mind, issue three. Uh, as we've said, we had a small cocktail in the Lincoln Co. Uh, Club, Lincoln Co. Showroom in central Stockholm. Of course, if you weren't there, you can always uh, order the, your own copy of the magazine through our uh, retail partner, uh, uh, Papercut. Uh, there, there's also a select uh, um, number of international retailers you can reach the magazine in. All right, Eric, uh, we're going to enjoy uh, the Easter holiday now. And next week, we'll be back with uh, Roland Philipp Kretschmar uh, with some fresh takes on Coachella that's going on in uh, Southern California this, this week. Uh, uh, of course, uh, follow our newsletter to uh, get access to upcoming launches and events. And actually, people, you know, we had a couple of guests that RSVP'd on our invite from this podcast. So if you're an, 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 an uh, avid listener of the show, you will also sometimes get little perks like that. Uh, visit scanlimitmind.com slash newsletter to stay updated. Uh, Eric, uh, thank you so much and enjoy Easter. Thank you. See you next week.